It's another day, I'm another John, and this is Another Note. Today's edition of Another Note is titled, Let's Get Traditional. Our scripture reference today is 1 Kings chapter 6, verses 1 through 14. As always, may the Lord add his blessing to the reading and hearing of his holy word. In the 480th year after the Israelites came out of the land of Egypt, in the fourth year of Solomon's reign over Israel, in the month of Zeb, which is the second month, he began to build the house of the Lord. The house that King Solomon built for the Lord was 60 cubits long, 20 cubits wide, and 30 cubits high. The vestibule in front of the nave of the house was 20 cubits wide, across the width of the house. Its depth was 10 cubits in front of the house. For the house, he made windows with recessed frames. He also built a structure against the wall of the house, running around the walls of the house, both the nave and the inner sanctuary. And he made side chambers all around. The lowest story was five cubits wide, the middle one was six cubits wide, and the third was seven cubits wide. For around the outside of the house, he made offsets on the wall in order that the supporting beams should not be inserted into the walls of the house. The house was built with stone finished at the quarry so that neither hammer nor axe nor any tool of iron was heard in the temple while it was being built. The entrance for the middle story was on the south side of the house. One went up by winding stairs to the middle story and from the middle story to the third. So he built the house and finished it. He roofed the house with beams and planks of cedar. He built the structure against the whole house, each story five cubits high and it was joined to the house with timbers of cedar. Now the word of the Lord came to Solomon, Concerning this house that you are building, if you will walk in my statutes, obey my ordinances, and keep all my commandments by walking in them, then I will establish my promise with you, which I made to your father David. I will dwell among the children of Israel, and will not forsake my people Israel. So Solomon built the house and finished it. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Someone once said, tradition is the living faith of the dead. Traditionalism is the dead faith of the living. I so much appreciate what that means. Many times, younger generations want to weed out anything that feels like tradition. They overcorrect and don't realize the meaningful aspects of corporate faith they're missing. Tradition has great value and adds life to the church today. On the other hand, older generations often want to hang on to what they know. Under the guise of tradition, they stifle the Holy Spirit's inspiration. Neither group is listening to the Spirit, and the church suffers. Both groups need to reject traditionalism because it isn't about faith. More often than not, 
It's about control. An older saint once politely instructed me to not bring drums in my church. My church. Traditionalism is an attitude that centers on the desires of a group of people. Those desires may involve Jesus, but they aren't grounded in him. I learned that through hymns. Oh, many of the hymns are Christ-centered, and many people have learned that many hymns teach theology and faith. Early on in my pastoral ministry, I asked some people what theology they learned from hymns. Their responses were generic enough to show me they loved the tune more than they paid attention to the theology. Traditionalism. When most people talk about tradition, they don't go back far enough. Tradition, then, is not merely what I used to do that I still like to do. Tradition shapes and forms the church's faith more than that. It doesn't merely fill our time. It influences our character and speaks to our reality. We remain in communion and conversation with the church of old through tradition. Once I arranged for our church to sing the Psalms. The response was not great. Someone muttered the question of where I got that idea from. I gladly showed them the instructions already printed in the back of their hymnal. We also talked about how people of faith have done that for generations. That also speaks to those who think we have to find new, innovative ways to be church today. Relevant is the key word. But we don't need to try every idea and replace every old form of worship and ministry. In fact, the more in tune we are with our faith tradition, the more new life and creativity will grow from it. As Solomon completed the temple of the Lord, the writer of 1 Kings 6 made sure to let us know how long it had been since the Israelites came out of Egypt. Those who fled Egypt would have marveled at Solomon's temple. And that's a direct line for Solomon and anyone reading to the long faith tradition from which they came 480 years. But God also told Solomon it was his responsibility to keep God's commandments. If he did, God's promise made to David would be established. So for Solomon, the tradition of his father and generations of people that followed after Egypt informed what his faith was to be now. That's a real tradition. And that's what we can use to deepen our walk with God and strengthen our ministry as the church. Stay blessed. Thanks for always supporting Another Note. This is our daily devotional. I'll keep writing and recording as long as you keep listening and we keep growing. If you ever find another note on iTunes or anywhere else podcasts are available, make sure to leave a review so others can join us. And the easiest way to connect with me is online at anotherjohn.com. God be with you.